Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Master Griot Radio, channel 13 on your NBBCA internet radio dial. I'm Jacqueline Taylor Adams, and I am your host for this moment in time. It's time for purpose-driven words, shaping thoughts, building minds, true wealth, communities, and legacies. If my words had wings, they'd fly to you each day. the whole city came to a standstill as the 
marketing and displayers ran different signs and put posts all up and down uh, 30-story uh, skyscrapers. So it was all about a, a technology for a week in Las Vegas, and people were looking at um, startups and innovation, uh, mobile apps as the main theme. It was a connected world. Great, great. So um, I know you just reported on a lot of different things, and a theme for the day, which you put up, that innovation has no color. So, you know, take us from there. Well, normally when you think of tech events and conferences, there's a, a lack of people of color and uh, women. It's mostly a male-dominated event where they have, uh, especially in Vegas, has been known for showgirls and girls in bikinis up drinking and acceptance and so forth. But the whole nature of technology is changing now. It's just becoming more inclusive and diverse, not only in terms of the uh, uh, floor traffic, the visitors, but the presenters as well. Uh, the one thing that we did laugh about, at, uh, with a colleague at CNN uh, this week was that there was a lack of uh, Spanish-speaking uh, reps at the uh, major industry uh, booths this year. Uh, you can find people that spoke uh, Mandarin and French and Italian, but uh, Spanish uh, language is kind of lacking. They all had a Maria to send you to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hold on one minute. We get Maria. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, what were some of the things that excited you most? Well, as I was kind of alluding to, the overall turnout and nature of CES change were more of us, both from a uh, minorities as well as women, are involved in the whole uh, week activities from uh, uh, top to bottom. And uh, a major, major uh, turnout in the sense of your uh, tech, black tech and urban organizations like the Broadband Opportunity Coalition, the National Society for Black Engineers, uh, Black in Gaming, the BDPA, the Black uh, uh, National, Association, National Association of Black Journalists and Blacks in Technology, and even Black venture capital companies were on the scene in numbers. When I say numbers, I mean more than five. Uh, wow. You had a VCAP. You had a number of uh, uh, brothers showing up at different developer and investment uh, seminars. A great opportunity to network and talk one-on-one with people that who would probably never even return your phone call. I had the uh, opportunity to uh, talk with one of the founders of uh, a Priceline. Uh, we had a great conversation about the urban tech and where technology is going. Uh, I had a chance to meet uh, with the president of Gibson Guitars, uh, with uh, FanVision, uh, with just Congresswoman, uh, Congresswoman uh, uh, Sheila Jackson Lee from Texas, was uh, present uh, talking about uh, technology and minority ownership with the FCC and the communication, just being on top of uh, technology in her in her district. Uh, it was a great time. It was a lot of uh, uh, camaraderie. Uh, it was uh, just a uh, uh, fascinating experience to see the change in technology. For example. Uh, one thing that was noticeably absent uh, from the Consumer Electronics Show, whether as a tool for the marketing and exhibitions or in um, the different press offices and other events that I went to, was desktop PCs. Those big, giant boxes are no longer evident. The whole world has gone mobile and tablet and uh uh, smartphones, it was just, you know, totally absent in terms of uh, what you would normally expect at a, at a tech show or computer show. Okay. All right, Ian. What are some things that um, 
you know, that are new that we we should, you know, start seeing more of this year. Um, I guess starting at the consumer level, you know, let's, you know, well, let's start at the level, what are some things that the everyday person will be getting a hold of? Well, as you know, we at uh, with Urban Tech Fair like to promote access, education, and uh, commerce. And relative to your question and specific cons- consumer devices, uh, the theme was the connected home. Uh, LG really uh, took over the show with their 48-inch, uh, I mean, with the 84-inch uh, widescreen, ultra-wide uh, uh, flat-screen TVs, the new 3Ds and 8 8D TVs that are coming out, and the new uh, features uh, not only from uh, electronic devices like cameras, but down to your uh, cars and home uh, uh, energy systems that were all tied through apps and looking to be developed from a one-unit or handy device uh, to the fact of uh, one at Gibson's uh, tent. Gibson's uh, owns Onico and Vega. They're both under the uh, Gibson brand. And uh, uh, Gibson's uh, Onico stereo receivers are all app-connected, Wi-Fi-connected now, so that you can program your music before you get home from your cell phone. And when you walk in the door, hit, hit one phone on your one button on your phone, and your playlist that you're listening to in the car just follows you right into the house. Seamlessly and effortlessly. Oh, all right. <laughs> That's wow. So, did you try out anything? I mean, test stuff for yourself. Oh, I was playing with a lot of things, and uh, it was uh, amazing uh, relative to what I always looking at how uh, uh, Main Street can compete with Wall Street what I like to call a business in a box as new technology creates new opportunities for revenues and services in our community on the arts and crafts and the street vendor side. And really a step above when you look at the advances of a uh, 3d printer systems that are out now, uh, they have 3d printers at a price point as low as 500 or as high as 2000. But if you think of them, and uh, laser engravers, if you think of them as uh, like T-shirt printers, can you imagine being able to create a physical product of anything a person could imagine when they walk down the street and sit down at your booth? Uh, what would that be worth in terms of souvenirs or trinkets stamped with the uh, the name of the city or the community or the area? Um one of the things that uh, amazed me was that on demo at most of the 3D printing printers that were on display was making custom uh, tablet and cell phone covers, which you could literally manufacture from home with your uh, 3D printer and put your logo or your marketing gimmick or, or graph or so forth on the back of it. Great colors, great material, uh, affordable that you can now market and sell directly on the street, and it gives you the advantage of whatever you draw up on your uh, your computer, whether it be a cartoon or whether it be a picture of you, can now be created in a 3D mode. All right. And mass produced in a timely manner. Well. Same thing with laser engravers that would be able to cut images. Uh, art images on uh, uh, and graffiti images mm-hmm. on glass or wood or steel. There's just so many opportunities for the small businessmen to step in and provide something unique on the streets as a way of generating money uh, through technology. And that was just basically on the simple side because I was looking at it from a community perspective. But on the industrial and the the scientific side they showed a demonstration where they're now creating body parts human replacement parts 
with 3D printers to aid the uh, the, the health industry. Uh, they were creating all types of uh, 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 geographical and ma- mathematical images to teach STEM in schools where students could come up with an idea and then physically create it right there in the uh, in the classroom. So I was really amazed at uh, what they were doing in terms of and where uh, 3D printers are going. And for the ladies, they were even printing. Can you imagine being able to come up with an idea for your students and then print it up in the morning for your matching outfit? Okay. They were manufacturing shoes, belts, hats, all kind of accessories with these 3D printers. It was just amazing. Wow, that sounds really good. I know I've been reading up on it. I just was reading up on it about the 3D printers Um, and all the things that they could do. So now... um, now, all of these things are they how many things were like really new, or how many things are actually being implemented like with three d printers or are you starting to see those things in the malls right now or what yes uh uh everything that was on the, well, I'm not gonna say that because uh again, the purpose of the consumer electronics show is to show the future, so most of the advanced products. Uh, be they the uh, Lexus uh, driverless car that they had on display, or whether it be some of the uh, lenses, specialty lenses, uh, uh, single reflex film lenses, SLR lenses that they're creating for uh, uh, cell phones and mobile devices, uh, they normally don't appear on the market for another year. The Consumer Electronics Show is an opportunity for uh, buyers and distributors to look at what next year, uh, 2013's Christmas items are going to be and game okay. people. Okay. So um, now you were talking about a little bit, um, you mentioned a little bit about STEM. What, you know, what was there that was is going to be happening on the educational front? Well, like most consumer shows, and this is why I advocate people to go to different tech conferences and industry fairs and events, is because beyond just the exhibitions and the uh, floor shows, there's a number of side events and conferences and licensing opportunities, uh, certificate opportunities that are taking place simultaneously. And the uh, education, higher education, as well as K-12, had a education, what they called Higher Ed Tech Summit, at, during uh, CES that was had some of the top professors and colleges across the country as well as educational content uh, suppliers, both hardware and so and software such as uh, McGraw Hill and Sony and so forth, who were all pitching. Uh, to the trillion-dollar educational market in terms of supplies and next level of uh, strategies in, in education. Excuse me, I just had a cold and my nose is wet. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the issues which I thought was uh, a very uh, uh, crucial, and it was brought to the forefront. I'm looking for the gentleman's card right now. Uh, uh, Cable Green from Creative Commons was the fact that e-books and tablets could be as as disruptive to the educational industry as MP3s and videos were to music and films. Uh, let me give you an example. If you go into your higher education college courses and so forth, and even on your high school level, there are certain books that are required reading. And part of that uh, uh, requirement says that, you know, you've got uh, 100 students in a class, and they've all got to buy this book at, uh, let's just use round numbers, $10. So that's $1,000 that one book publisher makes per class, and then you've got a hundred classes. So that's a hundred thousand dollars per semester 
that's being spent for this one book. Now, in an ebook version where there's no printing, no hardware costs, no paper costs, no storing, shipping, and distribution costs, uh, the government normally through Pell Grants and so forth uh, in a uh, scholarship situation, hold on, in a scholarship situation, uh, uh, normally your books, uh, 30% of your book costs is covered through uh, uh, federal Pell Grants. So the government is paying for $30,000 for that uh, $100,000 worth of books. And then the state and city other uh, nonprofit scholarships and grants pay for another 30% of the cost of that one book for that student, and which essentially says that the government is spending $600,000 a semester on the same book. Is that an efficient use of federal and governmental funds and this tight economy, would it not be better, and this was the debate, for the government and for the institutions to purchase a one-time license fee? Oh, yeah, we'll pay you $100,000 for the book, Mr. Publisher, but we're not going to pay it to you every three months. One time mm-hmm. and as a, uh, a licensing or a watermark stamp that allows them to control it. To the issues that the music industry has been going through with uh, trying to control MP3 and 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 films off of the black market. Mm-hmm. Am I am I making myself clear? I think I'm talking sometimes. Yeah. Slow me down, Miss Host. <laughs> no, you're being very clear. Um, so um, gives a new way to come to the table and negotiate and definitely save money. And um, I think it's a good thing <laughs> because, um, you know, books, is that's one of the most most huge expenses. And then a lot of times so many of those books are so outdated. And it's not just on a college level. That's, you know, from the very beginning, of, you know, from the time school starts. Books are some of the largest expenses, and they're not even always up to date. Or and then you know they cost so much money, and costing the school systems and the government's money. So I think that's an excellent. I think it's excellent, and I can understand, um, especially with the book industry struggling anyway. But in the book industry, I just think they should be creative and, and leverage it and take advantage of it. And then another issue, speaking of the booking industry, which I'm sure that you're familiar with uh, in uh, publishing and promotion, is the whole uh, uh, concerns of licensing and being able to control copyright infringement. For example, it's one thing to have a a standard paper book in front of you where you have text that you're reading about the uh, history of jazz or the history of uh uh, of television or, or whatever the current topic is, be it engineering or uh, be it art. But due to the multimedia capability of uh, uh, tablets and technology nowadays, uh, most of the new apps and the new ebooks are incorporating pictures and sound and other copyrighted uh, content. So how is that branded? How is that controlled? Do we need to change the copyright laws in order to give an exception for educational use and sampling uh, uh, historical music or or uh the education schools that are making billions of dollars, such as uh, Harvard and and MIT, uh, pay for the rights to include that? Uh, Content, the copyrighted content. Well, I'll admit that is one area that the Ivy League schools are really getting over on, um, and I think they should pay. You know, maybe now they can do again an agreement, like you stated, with the books, rather than paying every three months a one-time licensing fee. But I think they should pay a one-time licensing fee. I think they just should do it because I don't think it's fair. Because you put it in a confines of educational 
but then the artist is robbed because, like, one example, and this is not even with technology, but there's a man in jazz who started the African-American Playwright Exchange. He is a Caucasian male. And what he's done, went to a lot of Ivy League schools and say, hey, I have this playwright organization. Would you review our works? So he has become a gatekeeper to new black plays. The schools get to review them and all because they're Ivy League and for, you know, prosperity's sake, they're reviewing works for free. And these works, you know, you know, can get produced, become classics and all, and now they have a hold of them and this whole other entities that are benefiting off of it outside of the artists and the communities that they come from. So I, um, you know, I mean, business is business, but I think that is one um, one area I just think is important for us to advocate on behalf of our artists. And I do think in this day and age, people think they can just rip, you know, I have plenty of friends instead of buying music. If I'm going to, I mean, if I'm going to play it for a show and all, I always buy the music from the artist. But then people, oh, I can rip it here, I can rip it there. Bootleg, you know, movies and things. And I just never do it. But I know this is a time where people think they can just take but I don't think because it's used for educational use that they should be outside of the parameters of copyright. I mean, all of if if I wanted to produce a record or something, if I infringe on somebody's copyright, I'm going to have to pay. You know, if I created something and I make money off of it, then I'm going to have to pay. There is a you know question if you're not earning income, you know, from it, but based off of the materials that produce that adds value to what they can charge for tuition. So Well these are some of the issues that the uh the educational institution is struggling with uh in terms of how technology is coming into play in this new mobile connected world. And that's kind of the the key theme uh in terms of uh uh, CES or interoperability, compatibility, and portability being able to play on any device, anywhere, anytime, seamlessly. And uh, most of the manufacturers from Ford Motor Company, which is providing free now, the uh, the AP, they've just they announced at CES that they're putting apps in the dashboards that work uh, uh, compatibly and allows you to customize and determine the own look, your own look and feel for uh, uh, your mobile app in Ford Motor Cars, where you can actually create a, a let's say an Afrocentric theme. Uh, functionality in terms of your uh, lifts or side lights or boombox you've got hooked up in the back or uh, a, a video gaming device that uh, built into your car uh, through the internal computer system of the car and whether that should be open to anyone as in open source and Linux or whether it should be a closed proprietary system for example, uh, Lexus uh, is one of the few companies that does not allow you to change their dash, even though the program is is open source, versus Ford, who's willing to help you by setting up developer groups and teaching people the basics as well as giving them the, the APIs for free to change the user experience in a car. And will that become a major uh, uh, purchasing decision for the consumer of the future? I mean, will you get in the car and see if it's uh, compatible with your iPhone or your tablet before you see how many uh, gas, how many miles you get per gallon? Uh, this is how technology is heading in, uh, in our society and the opportunities that are now becoming available for aftermarket 
and 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 the used industry uh, uh, service relative to uh, technology. One of the things they're doing here in L.A. is they're taking the old 65 uh, uh, Chevys, the old classic uh, lowrider cars, and changing the dashboards and electronics out to make it digital. Now, these are cars that were uh, manufactured back before they even had power windows. So what these youngsters is doing is putting power windows in them. They're putting a black uh, 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 video screen, plexiglass video screen, over the normal existing dashboard that allows you to change the configuration from analog to number to digital to however you feel. Have your in-dash uh, video display compatible with your iPod and all your music, and you can start it up and operate your uh your lift make the car hop by your cell phone. So is this going to create a value? Is this adding value to the automotive industry, or is it a distraction or a hobby uh, versus uh, future investments? Should they be investing in it like they did in 20-inch uh, uh, reels and all the other ideas such as sunroof tops that came out of the, uh, out of the community? Well, well, definitely, I think it it adds value. A lot of it adds value. Um, it definitely makes life easier to be able to have more control over what you hear and what you want to hear. I, you know, the ability just to be able to bring other other than mainstream radio into your car is like I think probably for those people who don't just listen to mainstream. It's like a blessing and a half because, you know, when you don't want to just hear anything and you want to hear just what you want to hear, um, you know how when you drive and you got to pull out this CD and pull out that CD and this CD, you know, it hosts more music. Um, it's easier to manipulate and all. So I definitely know a lot of that will be adding value. Um I still think it should be a while before everybody, because everybody's not going to want it, everybody's not going to understand it, but um, it's definitely a value-added um, feature. And, um, you know, so, um, you know, a lot of these things definitely can make life easier, add value. You know, probably my only thing is that um, if the system fails, then there's another option. Can you know if if we can't do this? Can I? Can we still function manually? Which I think you know the person that you know excels, the person that can do that, that will still be able to function manually if um, the electrical system fails. Because I know that's one of the big issues when convert when a lot of cars are converting over to electric. You know, one little thing breaks, it, it messes up the entire car. And it can be expensive. But I know even over years they've been improving on that. So um, I guess the next question is, we hit a few industries. Um, now, some of it was said with the 3D printer, but I guess the next thing I probably would love to talk about is fashion. Um, and art. Um, I guess the 3D printer, well, I know that's definitely going to make a difference as far as computer printed artwork. And um, then in the music, but did you, anything, you see anything significant impacting the fashion industry? Well, I don't want to uh, act like I'm favoring Gibson, even though I got a chance to uh, uh, meet with the uh, uh, senior vice president uh, and sit down and talk with them regarding their support of the community and how they're looking to uh, be more responsive uh, to the urban communities. But uh, they had a device on their new guitars, which was just amazing, that allows guitars to electronically tune themselves, where you press a button on the back of the new Gibson guitars and you actually watch the tuning strings adjust and turn until it gets a perfect pitch by itself. I was just blown away with that. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
Well, I know this. <laughs> huh? uh, uh, a Pioneer kind of a counterplay because Pioneer had a great setup as well. And especially I had a chance to talk with their uh, their uh, uh, pro audio DJ selection for all the uh, DJs and the spinners in the house. Uh, their new turntables were all digitified to the point of regardless of your content, whether it came off of YouTube, downloaded direct to the party, or whether it came out of your private MP3 library, or whether you had a physical CD playing or a vinyl record, you could still scratch, adjust, speed, control it like you would a, a, a normal um, a vinyl disc and a DJ. And you could do that remotely uh, through your uh, your cell phone if you were the type of uh, uh, MC, a DJ that got out and actually partied with your audience, you could reach into your pocket if they were really jamming to your cut and extend it or switch it or do whatever you want, manipulate your uh, uh, DJ uh, musical soundtrack from your pocket through your cell phone remotely. Wow. That's good. I know that will be taken advantage of. <laughs> I know that will be taken advantage of. Well, you sound like some really good, new, exciting things. And and how many did you um, invite them out to, to demonstrate and come out to the Urban Tech Fair? Oh, yes. Like I said, uh, <laughs> it was very supportive. Uh, and uh, Gibson uh was very supportive uh they're both talking about uh uh making some of their uh retailers uh, letting us helping us in uh reaching out to their retailers to provide uh different electronic devices as uh, prizes or promotional things during different cities in different markets All right it sounds great and uh, OnStar uh, is interested, uh, I spoke with them relative to the Urban Tech Fair, and they're looking forward to maybe doing some workshops or some seminars in terms of the connectivity of cars and what you can do uh, remotely uh, through their developers program uh, with cars. I think I had mentioned earlier that, surprising enough, Hyundai, one of the uh, most inexpensive cars on the market today, and the last one that you would think of having high-end uh, tech features, is now putting RFID tags on cars so that they recognize your devices when you get in them. And then they have a charger slot in the center of the car where you, when you walk up to the car, it senses your phone, it unlocks the door, it adjusts the seat for you, you set your device in the center console where it charges the device while it begins to sync all the data and instruments for it and then starts the car for you. So Hyundai is in the game, Mercedes-Benz is in the game in a big way. They have their own Mercedes-Benz store for the apps. There's just so many... Um, changes that are coming in the next couple of years uh, relative to connectivity and interoperability between, you know, your tablet and your house and your car and your business and being able to generate money seamlessly or pay for goods seamlessly from point A to point B in a cashless uh, technological society. Okay. Um, what I also want to ask you about, Jim, as far as fashion, did you see anything in printmaking? Uh, you know, on the um, Project Runway shows, the incorporation of technology has grown, grown, grown. And I know um, the last season, HP was a big, big part. And they had a couple times where they, you know, they make their own prints. And I remember my aunt, used to work in a textile and how the textile industry went down because, you know, the way they used to, you know, make patterns and all, their pattern making, it kind of fell off. And now it seems like technology printmaking is coming back in a new form. 
And I was just curious, is, did you see anything in that? You know, it's funny that you would talk about uh, uh, printmaking or, let's just say, analog uh, 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 foundational features coming back in a digital world. Uh, to answer your question is, uh, yes, they did have, you know, Singer and automated sewing machines that were tied into computer systems where you could design the clothes on your uh, your tablet and wirelessly, wirelessly transmit the uh, the data to your sewing machine, which would actually lay it out for you. But the wow. same thing with vinyl records. Vinyl records are coming back in sale. Who would have thought with the advent of MP3 and digitizing and downloads that vinyl records have more uh, clarity and a better sound than a traditional MP3 and the sales and the devices for them are moving up. And I spoke early, earlier about how 3D uh, printers are allowing uh, our manufacturers, our designers to create shoes and accessories and hats and right there on the spot and then say, oh, that's too long, that's too short, oh, I need to turn that, twist that, and have a physical product to actually put on a model right there before they go into mass production. All right. Yeah. But let me no. you, because, uh, Go ahead. Well, what I was trying to say was there was so much to see and so many halls to go to and so much going on. It's hard for me to make everything. It's like Disneyland. You can't make everything <laughs> at CES. But I posted online the link to the CES directory, which has a list of all the companies that participated, the products that they have on display, the different sessions that were going on. So for our listeners that want to learn more about the fashion industry, they can go to the uh, link online CES. I'm not sure. Can you get it correctly for me, uh, Jackie? Okay. I'm not in front of a computer, but it's on the links. I think it's CES online or online CES web, uh, which has a full review of all the exhibitors and all the panels and all the sessions that took place over the, I think it was four days, 8th to the 11th, in Las Vegas, Nevada this year. Okay. So we'll post that in the chat room, and we'll give that out as soon as I can come up with the exact URL. So um, we are, okay, we like 17, 18 minutes out right now. So I know you've been talking a lot. <laughs> you've been speaking a lot, too. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a break. Um, uh, we're going to take a little commercial break, maybe um, listen to a little Audubon by our Brian O'Neill, and then we're going to come back and we're going to close out. You can let us know what's up next with the Urban Tech Fair, um, what our next steps, and Gary, close out. Is that all right? Don't let me forget to talk about the impact that the FCC and that the Obama administration is doing to provide uh, uh, opportunities and make it easier for tech startups to create innovative ideas and programs and services in our community. And let me talk about a little bit more of that when we come back from break, if you don't mind. There was just so All much right. going on. Okay, great. So we're going to listen to a little Audubon, and then we're going to come back.
we are back. I'd like to make one announcement. Master Grill Radio has um, has a new year, a new name, and spoken word, the industry, the art, the viability, is on tomorrow with our special guest, Grammy-considered songwriter Sharon Monet, and the new co-host, Sweet Franchon. So that's Monday, January 14th. Tune right in here to Master Griot Radio for spoken word poetry. The art, the industry, the viability with special guest, Grammy considered songwriter Sharon Monet and a new co host, Sweet Franchon. Jim, we're back. Jim? That was a nice. Uh... Nice selection there. Yes, that's um, Brian O'Neill. I enjoyed that. Uh, one of the things I, I didn't want to pass up was the effort that the federal government, through the President's Broadband Initiative and Startup America and the uh, other programs, that the uh, president has initiated to assist a broadband opportunity coalition to assist in bringing our community into the 21st century in an innovation nation. And in that regard, one of the big announcements at CES uh, by the FCC chairman was that they are now releasing the 5 gigahertz uh, bandwidth for uh, unlicensed free access for uh, uh, Wi-Fi devices that will be able to run faster and carry more data than existing ones. Everybody's talking about uh, 4G. We're talking about 5G Wi-Fi in the urban community unlicensed. Let me give you an example of what that means. Uh, Let's say that in this connected world, Uh, one of our listeners or someone from the community comes up with a device that's able to control or work uh, different units similar to a garage door opener, a different device that let's just say does nothing more than unlock and couple uh, uh, new new computers with legacy cars. They can now set that device to operate on the Wi-Fi frequency without having to seek a special license or pay special fees uh, to the government for use of that frequency. So it really kind of opens the door in terms of innovation in our community. And in that regard, there were a lot of organizations that were there that are affiliated with the uh, Urban Tech Fair. Uh, Mike Green's uh, America 21 Uh, made a special announcement relative to their participation in South by Southwest. Uh, That's a major educational uh, convention that happens in Texas, tech convention that happens in Texas at S's and Sam, X's and Zebra and uh, X-Ray, S's and Sam, W as in water, E as in Edward, D as in dog, U as in unicorn dot com, S X S W E D U dot com. That will be happening this spring, this February, I believe it is. And uh, uh, the America 21 Black Innovation Project will be hosting special panels. We, You know Mike Green. We've had Mike on the show today, the brothers before. The brothers doing great work. Um, Saving America's Black Boys, and uh, the Black Innovation Project, America 21, is a collection of uh, black angel investors that are looking to develop and show the potential of investing in minority-owned startups, providing uh, venture capital and startup funding for uh, minority companies. Another group that I had a chance to speak with one of their board members I was there at a lot of the events, was VCAP, uh, the Venture Capital Access Program, which is part of the Harvard Business School Alumni of Greater New York and the National 
Association of Investment Companies is looking for minority startups uh, to invest in and looking to to uh, support and promote innovation uh, in the urban communities. And along those lines, uh, the program that uh, President Obama set up, Startup America, is working with uh, StartupAmerica.com, is working with the SBA and other lending institutions to provide special programs for uh, uh, collateral and startup funding grants available for tech companies that create jobs and opportunities in our urban communities. So I just want people to know that uh, they made the right decision when they voted for Obama and that he's doing more than trying to just create jobs. He's trying to create businesses and new skills and services in our community through organizations like the Broadband Opportunity Coalition and Startup America as they're working to develop and, 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 and make our community aware and ready for the advantages that the 21st century is bringing to the community. All right. Well, um, that was a great report. And I was going to ask you, too, to share about the um, black investors, but you automatically did it because <laughs> you mentioned them at the top of the show. So um, what's next on board for the Urban Tech Fair? Well, you know, the OKI UTF uh, uh, Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana region is really pushing to work things with the FAU to open up opportunities and Wi-Fi networks with the uh, Urban Tech Fair. And uh, Andrew Williams from our LA contingent has been working with uh, Herschel Daniels to provide Wi-Fi in the Bahamas under the brand of the uh, Urban Tech Fair. The group that he was supporting for the uh, Elections last year won, and they are committed to supporting the Urban Tech Fair, and we're looking like we'll be doing some things there in the Caribbean. And the FAU and the uh, OKI up in the Ohio Midwest region will be doing events during Martin Luther King Day and promoting, uh, I believe it's titled the uh, Million million black women chat uh, to get a, a million women talking about the opportunities and their involvement of getting uh, 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 more women and females involved in STEM and science and and tech business. Uh, Candy, uh, my loving wife, has been involved in that they're looking to develop that maybe next month start making some announcements so so keep your uh, inbox open because the women are doing great things uh herschel's wife my wife everybody are coming together they say the uh, behind every great man is a great woman behind every great business is a great wife so we're moving forward on that side from the uh Oak Urban Tech Fair, as well as beginning to strengthen and support our local uh, organizers by uh, bringing in sponsors and regional uh, advertisers, uh, such as what I was talking about, the discussions that I've been having with uh, Gibson and Pioneer relative to participating in these community events as they take place across the country. Okay, well, we are excited. We're building a new, um, updating the website, and that should be ready within a week. And for all of those interested, we do have a open conference call on Saturday. It's 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Central Time, and 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can just go to www.urbantechfair.org. You'll find the call-in number, the conference call number. But if you want to find out what the Urban Tech Fair is about and how you can specifically get involved, 
And if you would like to volunteer and participate, just um, call us on Saturday, this coming Saturday. And do you have anything? Well, shout out to Cynthia, who's in the chat room. (laughs) And just to remind everybody, the tune we listened to during the break was called Autobahn by Brian O'Neill. You can just look him up. I'm pretty sure you can go to brianoneal.com. And his website, but he has great, great music. But that was Autobahn, A-U-T-O-B-A-H-N. And um, anything else? I don't know, Cynthia, if she has any news, because she's always doing events. (laughs) But um, if you have anything you want us to shout out, Cynthia, type it in the chat room. (laughs) Cynthia's a hard worker in the... uh... Uh, Southern California area uh, trying to get more women involved, uh, more women and minorities involved in technology. We're tech divas. And uh, 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 is it Taste of Tech? Girls Got Geek. No, no, no. I'm talking about their wine tasting networking event. Um, Oh, the um, Tech Divas Uncorked. Oh, yes, yes. Tech Divas Uncorked. But what she's working on right now is Girls Got Geek. Well, we've got to reach people where they're where, where they at. It, it's funny, in a, uh, a conference or a network situation, the environment you find yourself in when you meet your next blessing. Yes. Well, Cynthia actually said that when she started the Girls Got Geek, working with the young girls, guess who was the next largest audience? Were seniors. <laughs> <laughs> And there's a photo contest going on with Tech Divas Uncorked. So I'm you, I'm pretty sure you can just you Google Girls Got Geek and Tech Divas Uncorked photo contest. So those are some great things that she has going on. But, yes, yeah, she says she has a big, um, a lot of seniors that come out. So she has her seniors and her youth as far as want to learn technology. So I think that um, there may be a market unrealized yet. <laughs> but I think oh, as, as we're living longer, and people oh, are living longer and healthier, um, longer, you know, well, a lot of our seniors are way more active. Yes. Lastly, before I forget, there was a strong turnout by uh, black celebrities during the consumer electronics shows. Everybody from uh, Will I Am to Flavor Flav was walking the uh, conference showroom floors. Uh, I'm trying to think of the sister from uh, uh, New York. Gem, I'm losing you. Oh, Was there? Uh, uh, it was just a great turnout by um, uh, black athletes. Uh, Shaq announced the uh, op- the release of his new game. Uh, 50 Cent was there. Uh, the hip-hop community was there. Those that were interested in tech and the possibilities and the opportunities that technology brings to our community showed up to learn about the next best thing at CES. Okay, well, um, this is our show. It's been a great show, a great report, and I'm pretty sure we're going to get big downloads. So everyone just listen through, find out what was happening. If you have any additional questions, you can always call the Urban Tech Fair at 1-877-552-7012. Again, that number is one 552 Seven zero one two. If you want to speak with Jim Newson, extension one zero one zero. Again, Jim Newson at one zero one zero. If you want to speak with Candy Best Newsom, our city liaison, her extension is one two one two. And if you would like to speak with me, Jacqueline Taylor Adams, chairperson and marketing officer, you can speak with me at extension one 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 one. And check us out online at www.urbantechfair.org. Join us on Facebook, Black Planet. That's our next frontier, everyone. 
We're going to be on Black Planet and Black Planet Big. But we're on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. We have a group and a fan page on Facebook, and we're on Black Planet. So join us. That's all I have to say. Anything close us out, Tim? As always, you've been a a wonderful host in terms of guiding my ramblings so that they make sense to our audience. Uh, You know, I I get to go in because there was just so much to take in. I'm standing here going through some of the information now. Um, uh, uh, Met uh, Leo Sullivan, the designer, one of the first black animators in Hollywood. He's got a game out. There's so many people doing great things in our community, and they were showing up. And that's what the Urban Tech Fair is all about, showcasing the resources, contact, and talent that lives within our own backyards. As we say, discovering Silicon Valley, everything you need to develop in a 21st century economy is within a 50-mile radius of where you live in our urban communities, and we simply want to showcase it, lift it up, and support each and every city. So don't forget to rep your city because we don't know everything. Call us, contact us, email us. Let us know about technology in your city. All right, rep your city. And to that we say peace and love. See you in two weeks. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.